Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Is This Actually Healthy? As always, this is your host speaking, Juliana. And I have brought on another special guest to the show today. I am talking with Brooke Simonson. She has her own podcast that's been going on for, I think, almost two years now, maybe two years. And it's called The Health Investment. Brooke knows a whole lot about the mindset behind everything that we do, especially um, when it comes to our nutritional habits. And one thing that I would like us to touch on today that will be useful to you is understanding exactly how psychological eating and fitness is to us. So Brooke, it's good to have you on the show today. And I'm very happy that we're going to have this discussion. What would you like to say to my audience before we begin? Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me. It's so great to be connecting across the world. I know I'm in California and you're in Australia. So very cool that technology makes that possible. And I'm just welcoming your audience to this conversation. And I hope that everyone comes into it with an open mind. I think it's always important when I'm working with clients uh, to understand that we have a whole lot that we've learned or that we've seen in terms of nutrition or mindset about food, uh, about different lifestyle habits. And it's always cool to enter into any new podcast or lesson with an open mind, I would say, and be open to learning something new or kind of tweaking the way you thought about things in the past. I do think that your podcast offers a really good outlet for exploring those uh, those new options and learning new things because you don't just talk about nutrition. You talk about healthy lifestyle habits and um, just everything in general that can benefit your life if you can just improve on it. I, I actually really enjoyed the episode I heard yesterday all about overcoming perfectionists. Um, the perfectionist mindset and how you should um, think about it to be more more kind to yourself and how you can live better even if you associate with this personality type. I definitely do. I thought I thought that episode was was excellent. Oh, awesome! I'm glad you enjoyed it. That one spoke to me as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's so cool to have a podcast because you get to talk to people who are experts in all different fields, and you just constantly learn yourself. Uh, But yeah, my podcast, The Health Investment, I cover a broad variety of health topics. And then in my nutrition coaching practice, I'm mostly working with people on nutrition and weight loss. But yeah, the podcast is very fun because we talk about all sorts of things all over the gamut. Yeah. And I guess one thing that I was thinking about when I listened to that one episode about the whole perfectionist thing is I'm actually guilty of having that mindset whenever I really started getting into changing my own nutritional habits. Whenever I decided, all right, I'm going to completely turn things around. I am going to become optimally healthy. I am going to just make myself this perfect individual that I want to see. And I was very hard on myself at first. I can't say that I went into it the way that I do it now in a healthy, natural way. And it was because I'm sure a lot of people out there who are starting diets or starting going to the gym, they do want to have, or maybe they don't want to have it, but they just inevitably do have perfectionist tendencies where they think that if they don't get the perfect result, then 
it's it's not worth doing, it's not good enough, that one step of progress means nothing if you haven't stepped to the stop the top of the staircase. Yep. A lot of the people I work with say exactly something that you've said and they're struggling with that right now. They're kind of in the thick of it of coming out of trying all of the diets and all of the programs that do require a more perfectionist mentality. And there are some Whole30, for example, or there's one called 75 Hard. Those really do require perfectionism. And they say if you go one day off track, that you should start over your 30 days or your 75 days. So I think when people enter into, like you said, this mindset that they want to become optimally healthy or if they want to improve their eating habits or sleep better, a lot of the things that are offered do require or do suggest that you should follow some perfect keto diet plan or whatever it is. And then if you don't follow that, you beat yourself up and you feel guilty and then you spiral into this yo-yo dieting pattern of you binge and then you restrict again and then you binge again and the weight comes off and it comes back on. And so a lot of people struggle with this. I talk to people all day long, really. Um, you know, that's not a unique scenario. And I think the cure for that is really more education and learning what's backed in science, what things actually worked, what are evidence-based practices that you can implement in your life so that you can ignore all the fads that require more of a perfectionist mentality and you can enjoy everything in moderation. And that to me is the key to a healthy life is having not just fruits and vegetables and high quality proteins, but also having a healthy mindset about nutrition and being able to enjoy a cupcake here or a cookie there, you know, it's not going to kill you to have these things every once in a while. Yeah, I think that a lot of these fad diets or these extreme programs actually do foster negative mindset because going through the experience myself, when I definitely know that at times I was pushing myself too hard and my mindset would focus on just the failures and not anything that I was actually accomplishing. I would just sit there and think, yep, this, this, this isn't good enough. What, why can't I do better? And it just, it seems like it's so damaging because some days it would feel like my entire self-worth would, would hinge on that. And if I, I guess this was at the point when I was um, trying to change my body composition more um, it's not like I was ever actually overweight, overweight, but I was trying to trim down and then um, tone up with some muscle. So take some weight off and then put some back on and um, get that body composition. And at that time when I was trying to to trim down a bit, then yeah, if I, if I went a week and I did I didn't see some change on the scale, I thought it was I I, I was just so hard on myself for it. But I don't I don't know why because I knew I was going to get there. It's it was very, it's very damaging, I think, to measure progress that way. It is. And I think it's true in a lot of things, right? It's, we have kind of a black and white mentality when it comes to politics or when it comes to money and definitely when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle habits. And embracing the gray area is so freeing. But what I find is when a lot of people come to me, they don't really understand how to do that. They feel like they're either going to be all on a diet 
And if they have that one cookie, that it's going to throw them completely off. So it's either this black or white on or off mentality. And that's what I really work with people on is everything in moderation, as I mentioned, embracing, you know, 80 to 90% of the time you're getting whole nutrient dense foods that are giving you energy and they're the best fuel for your body. And then you allow for that 10 to 20% of the time when you can have your favorite treats and indulgences and enjoy birthday celebrations with family and friends and you're not stressing but it is very hard to get to that mental space. And I would say a lot of the work I do with clients is on the mentality, kind of unwinding the diet mentality and adopting this new and improved mindset. That's a huge, huge piece of it. So we've covered the impossible expectations component about how that can be a danger to people who are trying to stick to a diet. Another thing that I can think of that um, that will prevent people from from even starting is fear of failure, failure of even even starting. Is this something that you think um, a lot of your clients struggle with, and how do you help them um, navigate this fear of failure? Yep, because typically if somebody's coming to me, it's because they have failed at a bunch of things in the past, right? If they had figured it out, if they cracked the code, and they were moving along swimmingly and they lost weight and they're keeping it off and they're just feeling like their best selves, they wouldn't be reaching out to me. So every single person who comes to me um, has at least a tiny bit of this fear of failure. And I think what's really important to kind of understand is people will say, I've tried everything, but really you haven't, right? There's always something else out there that you haven't tried. And I would argue there are a lot more balanced approaches out there, like the one that I provide that you haven't tried. So usually when people say, I've tried it all and I've failed at everything, they're talking about more of the black and white fad diets that we were just talking about that require you to be all on. It's kind of all or nothing. And those are extremely easy to fail at. I would fail if I tried to do one of those right now, even though I have years now of nutritional training and experience working with people, I would fail at those. So you're human and it's completely normal and to be expected that when something is requiring 100% perfection, that you're going to fail at it. So I think just releasing or you know having permission to understand there's nothing wrong with me that I failed at these things, but it's much easier to be successful with a more balanced approach and also an approach that's backed in science. Because once you start taking the more evidence-based path to weight loss and weight maintenance, you realize it's a lot simpler than these diets are making it out to be. You know, it comes down to prioritizing nutrient-dense foods most of the time. So high-quality proteins, healthy fats, produce, getting a lot of water, getting sleep, managing your stress, moving. You know, these are the things that our great-great-grandparents knew to do and did habitually and kind of without even thinking about it. And since we've become 
more trapped in our homes, especially because of COVID. You know, we're more sedentary. We have all the blue light around us now. Our circadian rhythms are disrupted. We're not sleeping as well. We have instant access to all of these packaged processed foods that are hyper palatable and easy to overeat. So it's challenging to get back to those simple habits. Um, I use the word simple. You know, it doesn't mean that it's easy to adopt these things. It's, you know, you're still doing behavior change, but there are very simple systems you can put in place that don't have to be as difficult as the things you've tried in the past. And that's also why people are more successful with this more balanced approach. Um, And so I try to have these conversations with people of like, I completely understand that you failed in the past, but give me a chance because I promise you, this is nothing like what you've done before. And it's to be expected that you've failed before. All of your recommendations do revolve around the power of choice. I don't like how a lot of these diets say that in order to be healthy, you have to remove all of your own personal choices and do certain things. But choices are what make us feel empowered. And at the end of the day, I feel like that could really make us happier to whatever plan that we're actually sticking to. Do you think that uh, that making choices and making your own decisions is a powerful component to sticking to what you're doing or trying something new that will work for you? That's, yeah, beautifully said. I think you're exactly right. The power of choice. I used to be a teacher. I used to teach uh, high school English. And what I was taught in my training to be a teacher is you always give kids choices. If you give kids choices, even if it's do you want, you know, pasta, this pasta or this pasta? And they're different shapes. If you're thinking of a little toddler, if they feel like they have some ownership in the decision of what's being cooked for dinner, or when I was teaching English, you could read this book or this book, the kid is more likely to read the book if they've had some choice in the matter. And the same goes for adults as well. It's human nature. We want to have some choices. So if you're doing a diet or a program that's removing all of your choices and you're just following a set of rules that don't really work for you, you're exactly right. It's that much harder to follow that plan. So I have clients right now, some are tracking calories because they chose to, they wanted more awareness Some are not tracking calories and we're doing a more balanced plate method because they've done the calorie tracking thing in the past and they hated it. Some are Mm -hmm. using the scale as a measure of progress. Some are not. Some eat more meat. Some do not. Everybody has all of these choices that come into play. And I think what's really important for your audience to understand is most of us have this goal, right, of being feeling trim, light, energized, strong, confident. We all want that. But there's many paths that can lead to that same outcome. It doesn't have to be keto. It doesn't have to be paleo. It doesn't have to be a juice cleanse. It doesn't have to be tracking calories. And so if you work with somebody who can kind of guide you to the ultimate outcome that you want, but give you, like you said, the choices along the way and figure out how to make it work for your unique lifestyle, that's how your results become sustainable. Because you have also built a a base of control. Now, another emotional thing that I can think of while, while uh, while I was listening there is 
What about the effects of low self-esteem? I think our own self-worth and self-esteem can really affect how we go about uh, how we go about a diet or how we exercise. And unfortunately, there are people who have low self-esteem because they don't have a good body image or they wish that they would go out and exercise and they don't. They, they wish they could eat healthy, but they're not. But there's also, I think, low self-esteem involved with, with actually doing it and then not getting the results you want, tying back into that fear of failure. When people really lose steam and motivation, if people start feeling bad about themselves, what do you think is, is the best way to actually raise that self-esteem and make people understand that what they're doing is worth it and perhaps their self-worth in general isn't tied on their success in this one particular moment? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it earlier that when you were going through your health journey, you would kind of focus on not all of the great things you were doing, but we all can kind of get hung up on the things we did that were less perfect or not in line with any diet or plan we were following and then just really blame ourselves for that. And that can really knock down your self-esteem. So one thing I do on a call with clients is the first thing we always talk about are what are your wins for the last week or so since I've talked to you. So what's going well? Tell me all of the things. And we don't focus so much on the physicality always. A lot of clients come to me with a goal of weight loss. So let's say they want to lose 20 pounds. That's not going to happen overnight. You're probably going to lose a half pound to a pound a week. And that's a healthy, sustainable rate of weight loss. It's not going to be this crash diet where you lose 10 pounds in 10 days or whatever these things are promising. So instead of focusing on the scale is always being the win or how you feel looking in the mirror, you know, you may not feel the results of the weight loss for a few weeks, but we can focus on small wins that you're having, like not feeling as snacky after dinner. That's a big one for people. If they feel like they hit the 8 p.m. mark and they're just grabbing for cookies and crackers and all of the processed carbs in their cabinets, that's a huge win. Just saying, I didn't feel as snacky after dinner this entire week and I didn't have to grab for those things. Or having more energy throughout the day, not feeling like you have to take a nap after work. Or having your clothes button just a little bit easier. Or somebody saying, oh my gosh, you look so perky and great. You know, are you doing something new? Or, you know, all of these little things can help boost self-esteem, but it's really important to focus and to actually name the things you're doing that are going well. Because again, it's human nature to beat yourself up for things that you did here and there that weren't as great as you wanted, but focus on what's going well. So if you're on a weight loss journey, if you're on a nutrition journey and you're listening to this, whatever you're working on, maybe even set aside five minutes in your calendar once a week where you're just gonna sit down and you're gonna jot down everything that went well that week and that will give you kind of a renewed spirit and motivation to keep going. That That is lovely advice. Sit, sitting and reflecting is also, I think, a way we can teach ourselves um, self-kindness because I have had a couple other guests on this show emphasize exactly how important that is. Your own self-esteem is going to depend on perhaps others around you, but you are the main driver of your own self-esteem. If, if you're not telling yourself that you've done worthy outcomes, then 
if you're if you're just waiting on other people to validate it for you, then it, it's not going to be as rewarding at the end of the day. You, you're not owning up to your own accomplishments. Yep, totally. Now, in your show, you have emphasized that there are three A's, and this is a well-rounded strategy to build the appropriate mindset to overcome some of these um, some of these emotional eating afflictions that we've discussed. Now, can you tell me exactly what those three A's are, what they stand for? Yep. I, so I just, I developed this. If you've never heard of it, that's because nobody else is talking about it. Um, but I say for any goal you have, and again, mine's always related to health. A lot of people come to me for weight loss, eating healthier, getting stronger. This can work for any of them. So the three A's stand for awareness, attitude, and accountability. Awareness essentially means get your hands on research-backed information. You're not following someone else's opinion. You're not following, like I've mentioned, a fad diet or whatever's hot right now. You're actually figuring out what are the habits I can implement that are based in science that are going to get me the results I want. And so that awareness is critical. The second A is your attitude. We've said the word mindset a lot, right? Attitude's a synonym for mindset. And if you don't have the right attitude about your weight loss journey, your nutrition journey, your fitness journey, if you're beating yourself up all the time, if you're starting your diet over every Monday, you know, if you're coming from this more negative mindset and not having an open growth mindset, it's going to be really hard not just to reach the goal to begin with but to sustain your success long-term. So your attitude is critical. And then the third A stands for accountability. And research suggests that you can boost your odds of success at reaching any goal if you have some type of mentor or coach or accountability partner. So if it's not someone you're hiring, if it's not a personal trainer, you're working at the gym, it could be a partner that you live with, it could be a friend, you know, how can you build in accountability to your day, to your week? Could even be your Google Calendar. You know, like I mentioned, schedule a time for reflection, schedule times for exercise or to go for walks. Um, use anything you can, anything externally outside of yourself to help you stay accountable, help hold yourself accountable, whether it's a person or some other tool. And when you have awareness, attitude, the right attitude and accountability, your odds are, of success are highly improved. Gosh, I wish we had more time to talk about this next thing. I realize that we have been talking now for about 20 minutes, but I do have to ask you about just one. You said that you like talking about nutritional myths, and I want to know what is your favorite myth about health that's going around right now? My favorite is tried and true. It's always going around. There's always somebody saying there's a perfect diet that works for everybody. And But when I say diet, I mean a dietary pattern. So you should be vegan, you should be vegetarian, paleo, keto, Mediterranean, all of them. You know, they used to be called, keto used to be called Atkins. Um, there was South Beach. There's so, so, so many dietary patterns. And so people are proponents of these and they'll 
get on their soapbox and start saying, this is the best thing in the world because it worked for them and everybody should do it. And then everybody starts to do it. And then some people don't have success with it. And again, they feel ashamed or guilty or bad about themselves because they didn't have success with that dietary pattern. And you just need to understand there's not a perfect diet that works for everybody. You have a unique body, you have unique needs, um, you have a unique lifestyle, and your dietary pattern should fit with that. So ignore anyone who's saying this is the perfect way to eat. Is there one of those diets that you listed that really just does, doesn't make any sense to you or it just grinds your gears that it even exists because you don't think that it has any kind of real benefit? I mean, all of them in their unique way are, except for the Mediterranean eating style is probably the most balanced um, and most supported by research in terms of reducing inflammation and helping with overall healthy mar- health markers. Um, I would say just the most popular, at least in the United States, I don't know about Australia, but the most popular is keto. And that one really grinds my gears because the majority of people who come to me have a history with keto and they just feel so frustrated after trying to cut out carbs and restricting for so long. And, you know, carbs are delicious. Pasta is amazing. Pizza is amazing. Like you don't have to cut any of these things out completely. So that to me is probably the one that irks me most because people just, they feel like failures when they try to do it and they don't succeed. But it's just not sustainable for most people. Some people love it and that's great for them. I have to agree with you about the keto diet. Of any of the ones that were just listed off there, that is one that just doesn't make sense to me because it also tells you that you have to cut out foods that are obviously healthy. Like you can't have fruit. You can't have even whole healthy grains, things that most people don't get enough of. Where are you getting your, your fiber? I'm eating a whole, yeah. a whole bunch of fats. Um, apparently on a keto diet, it's unhealthy to eat a piece of, of wheat toast, but you can have bacon boiled in grease with, with cheese on the top. Like you can have something like that. And that's somehow deemed healthier than say a bowl of fruit. And to me, a diet that tells you that just, uh, it makes no sense at all. And a lot of people do it for weight loss and some people are successful, but a lot of people actually end up gaining weight on keto because they're like you they're said, eating they're so cooked. much fat. <laughs> yeah. They're cooking their bacon in extra oil or they're adding MCT oil and butter to their coffee and they end up being in a calorie surplus. Um, so I think it's just frustrating for people because they mean well, and they're just really trying to find something that works and, people will just shout its benefits from rooftops and say it's the best magic pill ever. And then when it ends up not being that for you, people get really kind of down about that, which I completely understand. I think the appeal is people wanting to try something that they think will have the greatest guarantee of working. If everyone says, oh, you want to lose weight, all you have to do is a keto diet. Then people think that it's a fail safe, even if it might not actually be be healthy, depending on how they're eating the keto diet, it, it could be really damaging. Exactly. Yeah. That that has to be one of my favorite nutritional myths as well about the about the one diet fits all. I, I totally agree with you. It is extremely individualized. And on that note, I am so glad that 
we've had this interview today and I'm sure that my audience would love to know where they can find you on social media. I conclude every interview with this so that people out there who are curious can go out and go out and find you. Yep. So my website is thehealthinvestment.com and you can learn more about me and how to work with me and about my podcast there. And then I'm most active on Instagram and you can find me there at the health investment. Great. I hope that some of my people out there go do, go out and find you. I follow you on Instagram and I, I love your content. I think you have some really good advice on there. Awesome. So, Thanks for following. Yeah. I, I love to connect with people there too. So if you do end up following me, message me and say hi and that you heard this podcast. I love when social media is more social. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Making social media social. I, I like that. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Juliana. That concludes today's interview. I'm so glad that you tuned in here to the end. I want to say that I am almost done with my interview series here. I got another one planned. And then as for interviews in the future, I will just kind of put them sporadically throughout the show based on what theme I'm doing and where I think I could bring people on for extra expertise. But after I conclude this series, I'm going to be starting a new series about a different theme. I'm still working out exactly what that's going to be, but I like to keep the show fresh and focus on different topics, grouping episodes within a particular umbrella. So it also keeps things a little bit more organized as I go along and I can remember exactly what I've talked about. Anyway, I'm just going to remind you that you should keep following this show and rate it wherever you are listening. Leave comments, share it, tell your friends, whatever you need to do. It helps get the show out there. And do please follow me on Instagram. I really like Instagram lately, ever since I've recently just got on it. I know I'm a little behind the times, but I do love Instagram. I would love to connect with you there and have you follow my content. I'm wishing you all the best in your nutritional journeys, and I will see you again next time. Ciao, ciao.